0: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. CTmobile.com.
2: From KMOX Sports. Okay, boys, here we go. Welcome to the Graybar Sports Open Line. Those mid swings and he hits a
1: drive. He hits a slammer.
0: bar your distributor for electrical and data needs. Here we go. Right. Now. Matt Pawley on America's Sports Voice. KMOX. All right, man, let's get going here. Here we go, here we go, here
1: we go. Let's go! Out of the gates on a Monday night, it is time for a Graybar Sports Open Line. We start a brand new week's worth of programs once again, just like last week. We're going to have four full programs this week. Every night, but Thursday, will be coming your way from six o'clock to eight o'clock, right here on KMOX, and we certainly have a lot to get to. As I like to say, a jam-packed program, and we've got one once again in about ten minutes. We're going to be joined by uh, City SC radio analyst Dale Shilly. We'll get his thoughts on uh, City SC's prospects going into the playoffs. They are the top seed in the Western Conference. They kind of they kind of limp into the playoffs just based off. Um, the amount of games that they've won over the last four or so, does that really mean anything? We'll ask Dale that coming up in about 10 minutes or so. Joe Roderick, our guy from Clays Online, he's going to join us in about a half hour, and we'll talk uh, baseball playoffs with him. We may talk a little football with him as well. And then uh, next hour, Ben Arnett, who covers the Tigers uh, in Columbia, uh, we'll talk with uh, him, and uh, we'll get his thoughts on what happened with uh, Missouri. Really good win for Missouri on Saturday. Give credit where credit is due. When when, when they lose that game to LSU, I thought that the next two games for Missouri were going to dictate how good of a season they were going to end up having with Kentucky and South Carolina. And I kind of thought if they win both the games, it's going to be a fantastic season. If they go 1-1, one and one, eh, they're going to kind of be one of those middle-tier SEC schools once again. And if they lose both of them, well, then they're going to go into – Um, kind of a losing streak, and it's not going to be good. And give Missouri all the credit in the world because they won that game against Kentucky last week, and I thought that was as big of a win as they've had this year. And then they follow that up with a win against South Carolina. Now the next two games are really tough, Georgia and Tennessee. Maybe they knock off Tennessee at home. It's going to be really tough to go to Athens and get a win against Georgia. Georgia and they follow that up with uh, their final two games against Florida and Arkansas, even if they were to lose these next two games, which is possible. Georgia's really good. Tennessee's pretty good. Um, even if you did not see them win either of those games, they are still in a really good position. They are 7-1, and one, and you can make the argument, you can easily make the argument that they could be uh, undefeated just based off um, yeah, based off the, the way they lost that game to LSU, it is very easy to say that they should have won that game. They picked up a couple of weekly honors, running back a Cody Schrader, who had a huge game, career high, 159 yards on uh, 29 carries, a couple touchdown runs in there. He is the SEC Offensive Player of the Week, offensive lineman Javon Foster, who is leading the way for him. He's been named the SEC Offensive Lineman of the Week. So, Really good stuff right now for Missouri. Really pretty good, pretty solid weekend for the most part. The Blues, I thought that was an important win for them. Hey, we we talked when the season got started. When it comes to the Blues, we're not really gonna know who they are for a while. The important thing is for them to not go into any extended down periods. And it was pretty good through the first two games, and then they laid the egg against Arizona. They come back with a 4-2 win against Pittsburgh. Arguably the best game that they've played this year. Uh, their 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 first win in regulation this year. And just the fact that they were able to bounce back in the way that they did. I thought that was an important win for this team. Because you lose that game against the Coyotes in one-sided fashion and then you follow that up with, it with some sort of one-sided loss against the Penguins. Then all of a sudden it starts to feel like that's who this team is or that's who this team is becoming. Instead, you get that win against the Penguins, you play pretty well, you show how good you can be, and it kind of gets things back on the right track. And now they've got a really tough road trip coming up as they're going to play three Canadian teams, and then they'll go to Colorado after that. They'll play Winnipeg, Calgary, and Vancouver, and then they match up against Colorado. They are not going to play another home game until they match up against uh, New Jersey on Friday, November 3rd. So it's going to be a little while until they are back here in St. Louis uh, playing at the Enterprise Center. It does feel like the biggest story, though, um, in St. Louis sports is City SC we know what's going to happen from a playoff perspective. They are going to open up the season or open up the playoffs, I should say, uh, against either Kansas City or San Jose. Those two teams are going to play against each other coming up on Wednesday. The winner of that game will go into a best-of-three series against City SC where games one and three would be in St. Louis, and then uh, that second game would be either in Kansas City or San Jose depending on who they are playing. The A lot of people are complaining, I think rightfully so, People are complaining about where St. Louis got slotted in terms of the time frame for the game. The number one seed in the Western Conference, there seems to be this feeling that they should get one of the prime spots. It's not a prime spot. They're playing at nine o'clock next Sunday night. So that's gonna be a little bit challenging for people who go to work on Monday. I think, maybe I'm wrong here, not trying to call any corporation out or anything, but I think if you are a big corporate sponsor of City SC, you know what, if people go to the City SC game on Sunday night, let them work from home on Monday if their job allows them to do so. Just throwing that out there or give a vacation day. I don't know, especially if City wins. So if City wins, you could have a vacation day. If they lose that game on Sunday, you got to come to work and you just got to deal with it. Uh, but in all seriousness, Sunday at 9 o'clock, that's a little bit late, but I think it's going to be okay. I i don't want to be hypocritical. I, I've i never been one to really complain about playoff timing especially when it comes to baseball we've seen it with the Cardinals certainly playing some really late night games during during the playoffs and it's it's easy to take the approach that this is bad for baseball because kids aren't able to watch the games they have to go to bed it's a school night yada 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 and I, I get all that I'm not trying to say any of that is wrong but I also understand that the job is to get the highest TV ratings. So there's been some times where you just look at all the matchups and from a TV standpoint, it did make the most sense for the Cardinals to be playing a late game. I don't know when it comes to MLS playoffs, like are they really playing for ratings? You've got the, you've got different TV windows and you're trying to put these games into exclusive windows. I get that. But when you're, when you're doing it with baseball, you're arranging the games in a way that you're going to get the highest TV ratings. Uh, with with all due respect to all the TV partners, and obviously Apple TV and MLS Season Pass being the number one thing there, uh, but also uh, these games are on FS1, they are on uh, the the Fox Deportes channel as well. But I just I I I have a hard time believing that they're playing in the same sandbox as Major League Baseball when it comes to making decisions that are about TV ratings. I just don't think that's the, the motive motivation for these decisions that are being made. I just think they've got these different TV windows, and somebody said that we're going to put City and whoever they're going to play, we're going to put them in this Sunday at 9 o'clock window for – whatever reasons they decide to do that. So uh, we've got uh, we've got a fair amount to uh, get to here on the program today. As always, if you want to join us, you can do so. 314-436-7900. That's how you call. That's how you text. 314-436-7900. You can also tweet at me, at Matt Polly on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. We'll take a break and have more in just a moment when Dale Shilley will join us. We'll get his thoughts on uh, how City's playing going into the postseason. They haven't won a lot of games recently. Does that even matter going into the playoffs? We'll get into that coming up in just a moment. It's a bar Sports Open Line on KMOX.
0: Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. This is America's Sports Voice. KMOX.
1: Back at it on a Bar Sports Open line right here on KMOX. My name is Matt Pawley. City SC, the regular season wrapped up over the course of the weekend. Uh, they end up falling short. They lose to uh, Seattle 2-0. I don't know if I want to use the word limping into the playoffs, but they have lost three of their last four, although the one win was against Kansas City, a team that they may end up facing in the first round. round—and I guess it's not technically the first round, but their first round of the uh, MLS playoffs. We're very happy right now to be able to welcome on to the program. You uh, listen to him on the City SC radio broadcast. He is the analyst. He is also the Academy Director with St. Louis City. He is Dale Schilley. He joins us right now via the Quiver River electric guest line. Dale, thanks for taking some time with us today. How are you? Uh, thank you, man. I'm great. What's your concern level that the team, uh, now admittedly, they had already clinched the playoffs, everything they, but mostly wanted to accomplish had been accomplished, but, uh, they have not won a lot heading into the playoffs.
2: Yeah. You know, I think a little bit of a concern, but you know, we're, we played Vancouver in Vancouver, Um, You know, our 2nd last game of the year, Vancouver had everything sitting on the line for them. They needed to win, and, uh, you know, they came away with the victory. And then on, what, Saturday night, we play Seattle, one of the better teams in the league. And, you know, we played toe-to-toe with them in terms of number of shots and corner kicks and chances and expected goal difference, but they were able to execute. So a little bit of concern in terms of our execution Uh, but not necessarily concerned about the results uh, just because now we've got things on a line and the games are ratcheted up and there's another level of importance.
1: Has it been tough because... It was the night of that LAFC tie that they clinched a playoff spot. And then other things have happened where they eventually got the top spot in the Western Conference. But it, it, it's it been a long time since they found out they were going to be a playoff team, and that just sort of changes things in the regular season. Is this team ready for things to kind of amp up once again?
2: Well, I think so. It's it, it's It's really hard because – you know, this is our first time through it. I mean, obviously, being an expansion team and whatnot, and, and the teams we're up against, the LAFCs of the world and the Seattles of the world have not only won championships in the MLS and MLS Cups, but they've competed in international competition. So they have players and staffs and coaching staffs and front offices that have been through it all. This is first, This is the first time for us. So there's a bit of learning going on, and, and uh, you know, certainly the guys and the coaching staff will be prepared for it. But this is, a, this is a new experience, so it's, it's been a challenge for sure, I'm sure, for Bradley and, uh, and the staff.
1: Bradley's been around. A lot of people have been around. But as you allude to, this is the first time in this situation with this team. What, what do they do? Who do they talk to? What else are they looking at to get an idea on how to handle this?
2: Well, I think in Bradley's case, he's been this way all year where it's only about the next game and his preparation for the next game. So I don't think Bradley gets too caught up with, uh, you know, some of the situations that surround the game. I think his focus is purely on, you know, at this stage, trying to prepare for two teams, which is difficult in in its own sense, but preparing for the two teams, establishing a, a weekly rhythm for the team, just like he's done all year. So for him, it's about keeping the chip on the player's shoulders and keeping them in the routine and the focus for the game on Sunday night.
1: Do you like this format where they get to sit out the midweek and two teams are going to match up in a one-game playoff to get into the best of three? It just
2: seems a little strange to me that you have teams that are below 500 uh, that have struggled during the course of the year at different points. I mean, really struggled. Uh, Sporting Kansas City, didn't win a game in its first 10 games of a 34 game season. So, first 33% of the season, they, they hadn't won a game. So, it's a little strange to me that, that uh, those teams are making the playoffs. Um, I guess it's exciting for fans and for the, the home crowds because there's more included. The, the other strange one for me is, is the best of three. Uh, you know, LAFC and Vancouver played the last game of the year. Now they have to meet in the playoffs. It's conceivable that they're going to play four games in succession, which is a lot to do in
1: soccer. Get into that a little bit because some sports are, are built upon series and other sports like like a football, you you don't see teams play over and over and over again. How does that impact the game when you are seeing the same opponent potentially three or four times in a row? Well, I
2: think familiarity for one, and it's just, you know, the game is played, you know, 90 minutes. It's a, it's a hard, long competition, uh, without stoppages. And, you know, it just, it, it's just a grind and to see play, see see the same team that many times in succession. I just think it, it breeds some familiarity. And I, I just think that, you know, changing styles and different styles and, and different teams adds a little more spice to the game. Um, and i think also familiarity may take you know the game into a more physical nature like it does in hockey when we see some of the seven game series with hockey where you know they see each other so often that you often see more fights in the in the playoffs than you do uh, you know during the during the regular season but i you know I, i'm not a big fan of it uh two games in succession is one thing i do like the one offs where you have to be prepared and you're rewarded for getting you know, the home game for that one-off because of your success during the season.
1: Dale Schillie is continuing to join us. You hear him on the uh, radio broadcast uh, for city SC, which by the way, uh, during the playoffs, in addition to games being on Y98, you'll be able to hear him right here on KMOX as well. A simulcast for city SC throughout their uh, run in the playoffs. Do you have a preference between Kansas city and San Jose on which team that city going to match up against?
2: That's a great question. You know, I, I think uh, just from a sporting perspective, it would be awesome to play sporting Kansas City. I mean, nobody could have could have imagined that we would have a scenario where we had played them three times during the year. We had won two and lost one. Everybody won their home game. And then you're going to get a best of three playoff series. So that would just be an incredible scenario and, and the environment and atmosphere in both cities and both communities would be incredible. If it's about... Who do we match up best against? I think we match up best against San Jose, but I don't think San Jose will beat Sporting Kansas City. I think Sporting Kansas City, I said at the beginning of the year, when they were in their downturn and the, when they had not won, you know, in their first 10 games, that there is enough talent in that team to not only make the playoffs, but to make a run. So they're, they're a good team. Uh, you know, I think if, if it's all about winning and getting on to the next round, I would prefer San Jose, but I'll take Sporting Kansas City. It'd be a lot of fun,
1: and it'd be fun to finish their season, right?
2: It would be a great time <laughs> to finish their season and really, really put a nail in it to, uh, to to really make emphasis on who was the the better team this year.
1: There's been a lot of talk about the fact that City's first playoff game is going to be next Sunday nine o'clock at night. Uh, Some fans are unhappy about that. I know city park's going to be rocking. It doesn't matter what time they decide to have the game. People are still going to show up. Do you you care? Do you have thoughts on, on the way MLS has put together this playoff schedule and where they've slotted city end? Well, I just think that
2: it's, it's all about TV and and we know that. Um, So it's, you know, I, I think it was to be expected uh, when you were going to have an Eastern Conference game and a Western Conference game at the same time, they weren't going to match it up against NFL football on a Sunday afternoon. So, you know, Sunday night and I think, you know, from the outset, we knew we were going to be the later game or at least the Western Conference is going to be the later game. So it's, it is what it is. Uh, we just have to go out and perform.
1: And we we talk about nine o'clock. There's been a. I know they've generally been on Saturday nights, but most of the matches have started eight, eight or eight thirty. A lot of eight thirty. So nine o'clock really isn't that much later than uh, what they have been starting.
2: No, for sure. And and uh, you know, on the other side of it, it had been a difficult turnaround. Let's say San Jose wins the game against Sporting Kansas City. You know, if San Jose were to win on a Wednesday fly back that night, arrive back in San Jose Thursday morning, and, you know, maybe have to come back in on Friday, that would be a tough turnaround or even to put them uh, where they're staying local here in the Midwest uh, Wednesday through Saturday. That puts them in a pretty severe disadvantage. So, you know, I can see why they're not starting it until Sunday. You can't hardly start on Tuesday after the, the league season ended on a, on a Saturday. So I, I think the the Wednesday Sunday does make some sense.
1: Even with it being on Sunday, city should have better legs than whoever they're matched up against. That doesn't that make that first game that much more important if your city you you've got that built in advantage in game one that maybe doesn't exist as much in games two and three.
2: No question. I wish Matt that I would have done some research. As a matter of fact, I'm going to uh, is what our record is when we're, when we're rested and we're playing against teams on a short week, there were a number of games early in the year where teams were in a congested schedule and we were not, where they had a Wednesday night game and were coming into city park. We were traveling to them on a, for a Saturday night game and we were rested. So that's a huge advantage for us. So there's no question. The only disadvantage is not knowing who you're, who you're up against the, the staff typically starts working on Sunday and Monday to put their, their scout plans together in preparation for, for their opponents. So now the, the disadvantage is that we have those scouts starting on Wednesday night and Thursday, probably sharing with the players Thursday morning, maybe, I guess probably Thursday morning. Bradley probably has the, the staff putting some stuff together now, so they're ready to prepare the guys on, on Thursday.
1: He is Dale Shilley. He is the analyst on the City SC radio broadcast, which have been heard all season long on Y98 through the postseason. They'll be heard on Y98 and right here on KMOX. Dale, thanks so much for the time. I'm sure we'll uh, catch up with you uh, a time or two again as we roll through the postseason. My pleasure, anytime. Awesome. That's Dale Shilley joining us here on the program. We take a, we appreciate him taking a few moments with us. City opens up their playoff run against either Kansas City or San Jose Sunday night. Vantage Credit Union game time going to be 9 o'clock at City Park. And as mentioned, you, uh, in addition to Y98, we'll have him for you right here on KMOX. We'll take a break, and when we come back, friend of the program, Joe Roderick, is set to uh, join us. We'll talk... Uh, Baseball playoffs, maybe a little football with them. We'll see what else we get into. As Joe is with us next, we roll on with the Gray Bar Sports Open Line on KMOX.
3: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a
0: potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This is the Bar Sports Open Line. Those mid swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. On America's Sports Voice,
2: KMOX.
1: That's a base hit back up the middle. Ketel Marte is going to bring in Perdomo and the diamondbacks lead it five to one. Brian Anderson on the call on TBS as the baseball playoffs do continue on two games today. As a game six is going on right now between the Phillies and the Diamondbacks. Diamondbacks lead 5-1 through 7. And then the Rangers and Astros are going to get started in about a half hour. And uh, that's a game seven. So uh, some pretty interesting things going on. We're happy to uh, once again welcome on our very good friend. He's part of the team at uh, Klabes Online. You follow him on Twitter at Joe Roderick. It's Joe Roderick. Hey, Joe, how are you? Hey Matt, what's going on, man? Uh, not much. Glad to have you on. Talk a little baseball. You tweeted out uh, shortly after a Tommy Pham home run, a former Cardinal home run off a future Cardinal because it was Aaron Nola who was on the mound uh, at the time. Uh, are you feeling good about the prospects of Aaron Nola wearing the birds on the bats next year?
3: I don't know about. I don't know as far as feeling good goes. I that's just that's he's number one on my target list. If I if Mo were to ask me. Aaron Nola is my guy. I know Claves disagrees with me. I think Rammer disagrees with me. They both have guys that they would rather have. And we've gotten into it, I think, every week the past month now when we when we do our shows. But Aaron Nola is just he, – he's a big workhorse guy who has multiple years of postseason experience. I think you just you, – you sign him, you put him number one in the rotation, and you just let the man go to work and eat innings and – just pitch you into the postseason again next year. So that's, he, he's my number one target on the
1: list right now. Who are the, who are they talking about? Who's Claves and Rammer's looking at?
3: I think Claves is the big, uh, Blake Snell guy. And I think, oh uh, I'm trying to think who Rammer, I know Rammer really likes the, um, Yamamoto from Japan. Okay. And, uh, I'm trying to think who he's a big fan of, too. I feel like I Yamamoto is the,
1: like, I, I'm a Yamamoto guy, too. Like I, That's the guy that I really want to see him sign. But I almost put him in a different category than I put the the more conventional Major League Baseball free agents.
3: Oh, absolutely, because you don't, you don't know what Yamamoto's going to want, too. I think with Nola, every time he goes out and has a good postseason performance, you throw an extra few million on what he's going to end up wanting when it, or what it's going to take to sign him. And we know what that number is. We can look at last year's off season we can look at what the top pitchers get every year. And you throw a few million onto that. So we know what it's going to take for that with a guy like Yamamoto. Not only is he, is he coming over from Japan? He's only 25. And that is, and he has what six years experience already. I, I, this is, this is unprecedented. What we're seeing out of him so I, I don't know where the number starts for a guy like him.
1: Yeah, and you've got the posting that goes along with it. I mean, there's a lot going on there, and he he would be my number one guy, but I don't really, again, I I, I talk about him a little bit differently. I have a I hope I'm wrong, and I would love for Klaibs' uh, wish to come true. I just don't get the sense that Blake Snell is the first guy that the Cardinals are going to be calling. I think I think the, the Aaron Nolas and the Sonny Grays are more up the uh, alley of the Cardinals than a Blake Snell.
3: Sonny Gray, that's Rammer's guy. Okay. The Sonny Gray is Rammer's guy. Yeah, th- thank you for saying that. Yeah. I- <laughs> I was I was trying to sit here and think of who it was. And yeah, so we, we all, all three of us have different guys in mind when it comes to our uh, top free agent uh, signing for the off season. But I, I mean, it's all pitchers though. It's all yeah. the top of the line pitchers and it's, you know, uh, Urias has kind of worked his way out of that. So who knows if he'll when when he'll pitch again. And the one name I'm happy that nobody is mentioning is Trevor Bauer, because that's a guy that I'm just, I'm, I'm staying away from that one too.
1: Yeah. He's in a And I, I, I'm staying away from him because I've heard so many stories about how – his teammates don't like being teammates with him. I think you look at some of that information that he released uh, following the lawsuit and maybe he was actually targeted by a woman maybe he was and I don't know but he's he's done some real jerky things maybe he didn't do as much as we thought that he possibly did that resulted in the suspension uh, but even even if everything he said like on that social media from video from a few weeks ago even all of that is 100% correct that doesn't move us away from the fact that he's kind of of a jerk and teammates generally don't like being teammates with them. And we just got done with a season where Oliver Marmel very specifically said at the end of the year that they're looking for the right kind of guys in that clubhouse.
3: Yeah. Which that is, that's one of those, it's a statement that's just hanging out there right now. And we're waiting to see what transpires from it. But I'm, I'm telling you this, i from so August and September, I think I've watched more baseball in October than I did uh, – paid attention to with the Cardinals in the final two months of the season. I've been I, – I have enjoyed this postseason more than I have enjoyed a postseason in at least the last five years because in normal years, it's the Cardinals get eliminated and you're kind of, uh, okay, you got to work your way back into it. But it was such a down year, and I think we knew for so long that it, postseason was not in the cards this year that I've been locked in since that first day of the wild card this uh, this October.
1: Yeah, I think Tom Ackerman tweeted something out essentially to that same thing l- last week about how Cardinal fans knew that there wasn't going to be playoffs this year so there wasn't that like mourning period where the season ends and you don't even want to watch baseball and I think there's something to be said for that for sure. Um I I've it's the baseball playoffs, so clearly I'm going to enjoy it. I have to be honest though. I'm so happy that this Rangers-Astros series has happened where there's been some really compelling things, and I'm glad that the Diamondbacks have played their way back into the series with the Phillies, where it now looks very likely that there's going to be a Game 7 because uh, the the playoffs were, I thought, lacking some storylines up until these two series.
3: Yeah, and right, is it still 6-1 right now? I Matt, for you, I walk into another room without the TV on, so there are zero distractions. It is 5-1 on Diamondbacks so, in the eighth. Okay. Yes. Yeah, that one, I, the Diamondbacks, it really felt like they just stole two games in Arizona, that the Phillies have been so dominant. And tonight, uh, Merrill Kelly went out there and pitched at Jem, which, by the way, any excuses I feel like that are made for the Cardinals this year of, Oh, they had too many guys in the world baseball classic. And that's why they got off to a bad start. The Phillies got three guys that started for team USA in their Mm -hmm. lineup. And Merrill Kelly was the starter for the championship game for team USA. So those guys are all pitching well into October and it didn't affect their teams at all. So I just i'm I'm not buying that as an excuse.
1: The WBC narrative irks me so much. And I think we've talked about this before. And the thing that bothers me the most about it is, when it was happening, we were told over and over and over how good this was. These guys are playing games that matter at a time of year where you normally aren't. Their their ramp-up period was quicker. We were told all the 9 million reasons that having so many guys in the WBC was great. And then the Cardinals get off to a bad start and it turns into a bad season. And the narrative changes to, well, maybe it was the WBC. And I just, stuff like that bothers me so much.
3: Yeah, it's there were there were plenty I mean the the, the Dodgers had guys that yeah. were in it and they won they they won more games than anybody. So, yeah, you can't I I just it's not an excuse that I'm that I'm buying. But no, the Diamondbacks just being able to fight and claw their way to three wins, like I think the the Rangers Astros had just been blows back and forth to each other where the the Diamondbacks, I mean, they they really I thought that was just going to be a clean sweep. I didn't think there was any chance that this series was coming back to Philadelphia and now it uh, it looks like we're a few outs away from having two game 7s which it's it's exciting i, I I'm I'm so pumped for what are we about twenty minutes away from from this game seven? I'm I cannot wait for this.
1: And a game seven is a is a total crapshoot too. Like that's the if you're the Diamondbacks and you're clearly not as good of a team as the Philadelphia Phillies, well, if you play yourself into a game seven, all of a sudden you just got to go win one game and you're playing in the World Series. Right, and that's like tonight
3: with the Rangers and. You have you have such a huge question mark on the mound right now with Max Scherzer. And after seeing what he did in his first game back, like how quick is that? Because you already saw Bruce Bochy back in, what, game four? He, he yanked his pitcher after 22 pitches. Yeah. He wasn't, you know, he was out there, okay, we're not messing around. So you go to a reliever – that throws. I think he threw sixty-eight pitches in relief there. Dane Dunning, and you know, really kept him in the game for the most part when he came in. Is Andrew Haney even an option out of the bullpen tonight for the Rangers after the way he got hit? Uh, can well, Dunning come back from that after now? Is, can Jordan Montgomery give you an inning? Like Araldis Chapman's been shaky this whole second half of the year. Like there are so many question marks with that Rangers bullpen right now
1: that I. It, yes, yeah, all hand, It might be all hands on deck, but. Who do you trust? Well, I'll, I'll, let me put it this way, though: when the Rangers scored their five runs in the ninth inning yesterday, and all of a sudden they didn't have to use their high leverage guys uh, in the in the bottom of the ninth, that changes it where they can use whoever they need to.
3: Yeah, it's. I, I just I don't know who you trust out of that bullpen right now. That's that's kind of my big question right now with the Rangers, and with with that. But again, it's you know. Uh, the Astros too, where, where do you stand? How, how much are you throwing out there with them? Like who's, who's first in relief? Where do you go with all those guys right now uh, in, in relief? And tomorrow Diamondbacks might have the same question. I don't know where Zach Gallon sits with one inning. I mean, those are your top of the line yeah. guys. Who were, you know, how, how much are you going with them in a game seven? Or are you just telling them, hey, you're off no matter what. We're not even going to risk
1: it. It's great drama. It's great drama as teams try to make their way into the World Series. He is Joe Roderick, part of the team at Clabes Online. We like to catch up with him every couple weeks or so. So, Joe, uh, thanks so much for your time. And uh, we'll probably talk to you again before the uh, World Series comes to an end. Awesome, Matt. Always. I appreciate it. That's Joe Roderick joining us the program. Watch him, view him at Klabes Online on Twitter, at Joe Roderick. We always appreciate him taking some time with us. We'll take a break and come back and wrap up our number one of the program. It's Graybar Sports Open Line on KMOX. Back at it on a Graybar Sports Open Line here on KMOX. We're keeping an eye on what's going on in the baseball playoffs. 5-1, the Diamondbacks have the lead, 8th inning. And if the Diamondbacks hold on, as would seem likely, there will be a Game 7 in the NLCS. There is a Game 7 in the ALCS tonight. I always have to laugh. Like, I used to do music, radio, like, you know, DJ, play the hits. And one of my favorite things to talk about between songs when you have 14 seconds to get to the next song was the you know the, the stupid criminal stories? Well, the sports version of that is what's going on at the University of Michigan. So Michigan has been accused of uh, trying to steal signs from other college football teams, and there's this guy. He's kind of a lo- he was a low level uh, recruiting assistant at Michigan. His name was Connor Stallions, and what he allegedly did, this is according to a report that came out uh, via ESPN today, what this Connor Stallions did is he purchased tickets in his own name for more than 30 games over the past three years at 11 different Big 10 schools. So in college football, it is not legal to do in-person scouting. The, like You can't send a staffer, if you're Michigan and you're playing Illinois next week, you can't send somebody to Champaign this week to watch Illinois in person. That is not allowed. That is against the rules. The rules were actually changed in the mid-90s. They were changed for uh, cost-saving reasons more than anything else. But now in the world of digital technology, uh, you're not doing it for other reasons. And... The uh, the idea that you would be stealing signs is another thing that is certainly not allowed. So this guy, if you believe the report, this Connor Stallions, what he would do is he would show up at other Big Ten schools, he would have his cell phone, and he would get tickets at the 50-yard line, and he'd pull out his cell phone, and he would just be filming the sideline of the future Michigan Opponent, and sometimes he would buy tickets for fifty-yard line on each side. So if they're, you're playing, if you're watching two teams that Michigan would be playing, he would be able to spend some time on one sideline, spend some time on the other sideline. A number of different schools has confirmed uh, that they did sell to again. Why I I am not encouraging cheating in any way, shape, or form, but. But Connor, Connor Stallions, let me talk to you for a second. If you're going to do something like this, don't go to FightingIllini.com or whatever the website is for Illinois. Don't go to OhioStateBuckeyes.com. Like don't, don't go get tickets from official ticket outlets and use your name. To you were you were always going to get found out at some point in time. Uh, some schools had noticed some odd filming going on. It's a bad look. I don't know if Harbaugh and the rest of the Michigan program knew what was going on. I This could be a guy who was going rogue. Maybe not. But the, the ridiculous part of this entire thing is the fact that you're going and buying tickets under your name. Connor Stallions. You got to be a little bit more uh, slick if you're going to try to uh, pull this off as you have been caught. By the way, he's lost his job. This is the Bar Sports Open Line on KMOX.
0: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today.